everybody! Welcome back again to SoxCast, episode 15.2. In this special little episode, we're going to be talking to the one and only Devin Mack about all things voice acting. I'm your host, Polly, and I break mirrors with my face in the United States. And to my immediate virtual right, it is a man whose rap name is no longer Penis Energy. It's Rhett. Hi. Hey, Rhett. I'm glad you dropped this penis energy thing. <laughs> I've got a question for you. Uh-oh. Are you ready? Nope. Okay, good, because I didn't really have one. Just got to keep you on your toes, though. And to my immediate virtual left, I don't have a clever intro for him today. It's John Thayer. Hi. How's it going, John? I'm doing really well, thanks. You ready to work out those interview chops? Yes. All right. Do you That's think you have hitting questions here? Oh, you're you're bringing your A game in terms of just bringing the hard hitting questions that everybody yes. wants to know the answers to. You're playing some hardball over there, Chris Matthews. Yes. All right. Um, and of course, I would be remiss if I did not mention our very special and wonderful guest on the hamper seat. This cat gets down down with the love hangover. It's Devin Mack. That's what I'm talking about. Hello, every peoples. It is good to be back and to be Devin Mack. Wow, that 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 rhymed. <laughs> Have you considered, a, you know, a career in rap music? I can rap it with the best of them, but you know, I just don't always feel like it. Can you bust a freestyle <laughs> for us right now? Can I bust a freestyle? Can I throw it down? Uh, I don't think so. I don't go to town because i'm just too tired man i ain't got the time it's just so draining to throw out all them rhymes so nah you have like a kind of a snoop dog flow there <laughs> that was actually pretty it was like laid back kind of like when snoop dog's trying to do his slick rick thing uh, a little bit yes I, I i take a little bit of an influence from the snoop dog oh just a god. just a little bit <laughs> oh but, my uh, god <laughs> Well, I thought it started smelling like cannabis cigarettes in here. <laughs> I got the hair, but I don't do any of that stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't. Th- no. But you're way cooler than Snoop Dogg, because that guy's like, what, oh, of fif- course. 50 now, and he's rapping like he's 20? And he sound- of, of course. He sounds but, really uh, stupid. But, uh, yeah, I got, all, I got all kinds of crazy influences. Most of them are from the 90s, because that's, that's where it was at to me. All right. Well, I guess since you're taking us all the way back to those crazy, heady days of the 1990s that were so long ago, um, when was it that you first started to realize you had a real interest in uh, being a voiceover artist? Absolutely not the 90s. Uh, <laughs> it uh, Honestly, it kind of was around, I'm going to say, two, 2003, 2004-ish. That's when I was getting really, really big into cartoons and realized, wow, there's actual people who do these voices. They don't come from, like, computers and robots and machines and things. Uh, so, yeah, I was learning about, like, uh, the, the actors in Pizza Cats, which you referenced earlier. I heard these voice demos, and I, I said, wow, you know, these people are amazing. Maybe I could do something like that. Nah. Nah, that'd be a silly thing for you that's, to think. That's crazy. I'm the shyest kid in school. I never say anything. Who's going to pay me to... Oh, well, look what happened. Oh, well, you really were the <laughs> shyest kid in school, weren't you? Oh, by a, by a massive, massive, massive margin. There were, there were days, probably weeks, where people literally did not hear me say anything unless I was spoken to. 
And what's really crazy is I got good at doing all these voices because I became such a good listener. I was the person who eventually was asked to do imitations of all the teachers and all the students. Eventually, people knew me for doing voices of other people, but they didn't even know my own voice. So, uh, yeah, it's crazy how these things can work out. I've always been that vocal chameleon of sorts, which is handy because now I can play just a bunch of different characters in one show. I think it's kind of. I think that it sounds like that's something that might be common with a lot of voice actors. Have you found Have you found that be to be the case in having dealt with a lot of other voice actors yourself, and that they were typically the shy people in school? Or? It's kind of half and half. Uh, the The similarity that I find with with almost all voice actors is that they're all crazy. <laughs> Um, but there's, there's several of them who are like, oh yeah, I was the class clown. I was always being stupid and teacher always put me in detention and now I get paid to act like an idiot. There's, there's a bunch of those cases. There's the shy people as well. You get a mix of all different kinds of people and that's, that's what makes it such a cool industry. You don't have a lot of massive egos. It's just people who are there to, to just make money having fun. Cool, cool. And you mentioned Samurai Pizza Cats. Now, this is a show that I remember originally airing in the U.S. around 95 to 97, and you discovered it in the 2000s, correct? That's when I rediscovered it, oddly Uh, enough. Uh, When I first saw it, I I know it aired in Canada first, probably mm -hmm. around, I'm going to say maybe 1993-ish. So I would have been about five, six years old. And I, I loved the show, even though I didn't really get any of the jokes at all, because it had cats in it being awesome. Yeah, and, and, and it's a show that plays real crazily with, like, wordplay. And you don't, exactly. you don't get that a lot. Mm. Uh, it's very common in Japanese humor to just have a lot of play on words and, like, Samurai yeah. Pizza Cats, the way they completely threw the script out and... Um, just did their own thing with it, with that amazingly hilarious uh, Absolutely. writing. It was, it was just, everything, everything was exactly what it needed to be to make that show just so brilliant and just so stand out. And there's never really been anything else quite like it. So that show I saw for the first time in, in the early 90s. But uh, when I rediscovered it, I, I think it was maybe about 2001. And I found, it, I found out about it again in, in the craziest way. Uh, I was actually making like a uh, a click and play uh, game. I was really, really into game design back then. I thought that that's what I was going to do. Oh wow! And I was huh. making like a, a a click and play sort of two uh, D shoot 'em up spaceshipper sort of game. And I was looking for music. And I was on. I think it was. I think it was maybe vg vgmusic dot com where they have all these. Uh, all these MIDI files, and I was looking through different songs I could use to put in my game from other games that wouldn't fit at all. Uh, and I just saw like somebody uploaded a song from the Samurai Pizza Cats video game, and I'm like, "Wait, Samurai? Why does that sound so familiar? Oh my goodness! Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and from there on in, it just it just started this this. Blind dedication to that show being the greatest thing mankind has ever produced. Wow! For the past for the past fourteen years. Did you ever finish your game? Uh, I think that I did, but I don't know if I have it anymore because I know that hard drive crashed, and I don't know if I was ever able to save uh, to save it anywhere. 
But yeah, I actually did finish it. I think I had maybe like four or five uh, different levels that probably would not hold up very well at all nowadays. <laughs> but uh, I was quite proud of it back then, for sure, because I was huge into Star Fox and I wanted to make a 2D <laughs> equivalent to that. That's really cool. <laughs> and then Rhett did that years and later. <laughs> and then Rhett did it properly. Yes. And I got to be the quote-unquote fox of it, which was, oh, that was such a cool moment for me. It, I, I'm really just, I was so, so happy to have been a part of that. It was a really awesome project. Okay, so um, you, you start realizing you have this love of the craft of voice acting, and you've already, sounds like, like by the time that you started noticing in cartoons, you know, that there was a great load of worth in how, you know, in what these people are doing with their voices, like, when did you start actively trying to pursue like getting into voice acting yourself that was um i i always spent a lot of time on newgrounds from about uh i'm gonna say maybe 2000 or 2001 onward and uh i was on newgrounds just uh strolling around the forums telling people that samurai pizza cats was the greatest thing on earth uh saying have have you accepted the pizza cats as your lord and savior uh basically doing that whole thing and i noticed a thread of 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 people saying hey i need voice actors for my flash cartoon and i'm like hey i i could do that i I, i've got a i've got a five dollar microphone from radio shack i've got windows sound recorder I'm ready to do some voice acting. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's that's how it started out. I think my first role ever was in somebody's uh, school project where they had to do uh, some Australian guy was doing a thing about American politics, and it was uh, there was an election going on around that time, and my first role ever was Senator John Kerry. Oh, can we, can we get a little John Kerry? <laughs> I don't remember anything about what I said or, or what I was doing, but I know that I sounded very bored and very bland and totally devoid of emotion. So maybe not too far off from the real John Kerry, to be honest. <laughs> I would have to agree. I mean, I, I, could almost, I could almost see that as being Al Gore as well. <laughs> oh, I wanted Al Gore to be in that so badly. That was... That was one of my dream roles back then because, you know, I, I had the emotional range to play in Al Gore back then. That was about all I had. <laughs> okay, so um, but how long were you uh, messing around Newgrounds until you bumped into our good friend Rhett? Like, when did you two first start working together and when did you notice his, did you notice his work first or did he notice your work? Oh, I noticed his work first. Um, I would say... I had been on the, the Newgrounds voice acting club scene for maybe about uh, a year or so, I'm going to say. And uh, I noticed the Flash cartoon he did called Hunters, which had uh, a, a few of my uh, very good good friends in it. Uh, Kira Buckland, a.k.a. Uh, Rena Chan. We also had uh, Shock Dingo, also known as David Dixon. And uh, also in there was a very, very talented fellow by the name of uh, Lion Court, Philip Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And I, I just – I really, really loved the, the humor of it. I, I thought the actors just had such great chemistry with each other. 
Uh, I, I, I just, I, and I love the whole, I love space themes. I've always really been into that sort of stuff. So it just really, really resonated with me. And I'm like, this stuff is, is really, really awesome. I would love to work with this guy someday, but like, even if I don't, I'm still going to enjoy his work. Cause it's just, it's the kind of stuff I've always really been fond of. Again, I tried to make a game like project in three before I discovered project in three. Wow, that's incredible. So when so did you cool. two when did you two start working together? Uh he made a post, uh I'm gonna say around uh Probably. I'm gonna say oh you go ahead because it's your post. I think it was two thousand seven. Yes, two thousand seven. I'm gonna say probably late two thousand seven. Yeah. Uh, you made a post looking for voices for Project N33, and I'm like, okay, I gotta get this. I gotta get this. I want this so bad. <laughs> I'm gonna murder anybody that's in, in line ahead of me. <laughs> that was pretty much my mindset back then. Uh, I was still that that scrappy youngster looking to prove himself. So, uh, despite the fact that I was already working professionally, I still felt like I had a lot to prove. <laughs> oh, wow. You had only been... Uh, you had only been working in your craft for about a year before you were already getting professional work? 14 months after I decided I wanted to do this whole online voice acting amateur thing was when I got my first uh, role in grossology for uh, Discovery Kids. So, yeah, pretty quick turnaround that I wasn't expecting and was not at all prepared for. But that's another story we'll get back to later. Okay. Uh, but as as far as uh, Project N3 goes, I was I was all about that, and I basically did an impression uh, of, of what uh, Philip Sacramento had done on the uh, the Avior character from Hunters. I kind of took that and I just made uh, I made a less whiny, kind of a more aggressive, really amped up version of that. Shoot them all down! Don't let a single one through. That whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, kind of, so kind of combining like Fox McCloud with, with just a little bit more of that aggression and a little bit more of the attitude that Avior had and kind of made my own thing with it. And uh, just really, really proud of the end result. Really, really awesome game. Again, it's pretty much exactly the sort of thing I always wished I could make. Uh, really, really great actors in there as well. Some people who have also gone on to become really good friends of mine and... Yeah, just a really, really awesome project that I'm, I'm really grateful to have been a part of. Yeah, Rhett sort of had a knack for picking winners, it seems, because when you look at a lot of his games and movies, when they started having voice acting in them, uh, excluding Naked with Apes, because that was, that was <laughs> yeah. like, what, 1998? <laughs> that was Real Life Friends. Like. Yeah, that was Real Life Friends. But when you look at you know the games and movies that you've had voice acting in since then yeah. like the people that have been in those roles have gone on to do like crazy cool work mm-hmm. or or are very accomplished in the field in some way yeah i mean just newgrounds in general was pretty much like where a ton of people got their start really absolutely like t- so much talent there it's amazing. So it has to, it's amazing. All of that talent is in such a <laughs> shitty community. <laughs> yeah. My God, like that, that community is so toxic and terrible. And that website these days, oof. Well, well, it was, you know, back when people used to actually go there. Sometimes Aww. I, sometimes I kind of forget. It, it, it's, it's sad, but sometimes I really do kind of forget that there is a Newgrounds 
because it's it, it's really everybody's kind of gone off and done their own thing. You've got a lot more people on on YouTube. You've got a lot more people uh, going off and making their own little websites. And Newground sadly doesn't have that much of a community anymore these days. It, it doesn't really have a place in a in a world where YouTube exists. Yeah, YouTube just completely ate their lunch. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, and YouTube, you can access it from basically anything. You know, you don't need a computer or a, you know, or even a specifically Flash-enabled device uh, to use YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there are just custom apps for that uh, on yeah. pretty much everything. Um, yeah. We're getting a little off-topic, but yeah, Apple, like, being so aggressively anti-Flash really sucks for Newgrounds and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a big thing that did it, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Newgrounds was really just kind of a big thing for me as a, like a middle schooler or something, just kind of at the tail end of all that, mm-hmm. just finding all those cool games and flash movies and stuff. What about you, yeah. Chrono? Did you ever run into any of Rhett's stuff prior to like hooking up at the SMPS place or anything like that? Um, no, I think the only, um, collision I had with the SMPS stuff, um, bef- before finding the website proper was Googling how to make a Sprite comic as a kid wanting to make mm-hmm. a Sprite comic and happening upon 80s bits over and over again and getting really annoyed at it because it wasn't, <laughs> because it wasn't a proper how to make a Sprite comic tutorial that I was looking for. I was like, oh, this again. This Pat guy, I'm going to murder him. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so y- you and Rhett like hook up and you have this thing and then um, about... When like you also voice directed uh, his basically his biggest project, which is uh, Hunter's Relic of Stars. Um, when did you start actually getting into directing, or was that when you first started tinkering with the idea? Uh, I had done a little bit of uh, a tiny little bit of directing before that. I'm gonna say it was it was pretty soon after I had uh, started working professionally. I, now, I didn't very quickly become like, oh, you know, I'm Mr. Know-it-all and everybody should do what I say. Far from that. Far from that. I, I, I felt like a guy who was very, very lucky to have his job. Uh, and I actually was because they threatened to fire me very often early on. Oh, wow. Um, oh. <laughs> I, I was, again, I was, I was a kid with, with literally no professional training or experience just, just thrown in there. Uh, alongside people who'd done like commercials for for Toyota or starred in things with uh, Frankie Muniz from Malcolm in the Middle, and I'm just like, hi, I I did sprite cartoons on Newgrounds. Hello. Well, was there so, any uh, kind of contention there, or, or like, was it legit, or was it just like a little bit of a hazing sort of? Oh no, I didn't know what I was doing. I I, uh, I was a, I I basically lucked into getting hired. I, I I had a really, really good audition, but I could not take direction. I was slurring left and right. I was stumbling over words. I didn't have great emotional range. And very, very luckily, I, I had an amazingly very patient director who really stood up for me named uh, Jessie Thompson. Wonderful, wonderful woman. She uh, cast uh, the Magic School Bus. She worked on so many great shows back in the nineties. The uh, the Beetlejuice cartoon she worked on as well. And uh, yeah, I learned so much on the job. She stood up for me when uh, when the producers over at the Discovery Network wanted to just throw me out. 
But I showed them. Wow. You know, and so. this was and this was during Grossology, right? This was this was Grossology, yes, where I played the role of Paul Labrat Squirfenherder, who is <laughs> Which somehow is the best last name ever. <laughs> <laughs> who, is, who is somehow black. I, that, that, that seems to be one of my typecasts now. Uh, black kids with extremely German names. Wow, really? You're running now, into that a lot. Now I'm, yes, because now I'm, I'm playing a kid named Winston Steinberger now. And, and I, <laughs> I don't understand it, but that's, that's become my thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I basically wanted to take what I was learning from that professional experience, that trial by fire, and then uh, teach it to uh, the people that I that I knew on on the Newgrounds uh, community and the voice acting club community who had aspirations of going professional but just weren't quite there yet, either because they didn't have the opportunities or they, they didn't have all the skills. I just wanted to impart them with whatever I could share because I, I just felt really really lucky and really fortunate to just have been a guy who was in the right place at the right time. So I always tried to guide and, and mentor talent in, in whatever ways I could, even though I didn't think I knew everything at the time. Now I think I know everything. Of course. Well, you do. <laughs> I mean, you are like the greatest voice artist on Wikipedia for a reason. <laughs> yeah. And, and not because I put it there. That's not why. That's not you, why. you did no. not put it there. <laughs> I didn't. I can vouch for that. I know where you were at the day that it was edited by DMAC and it wasn't that's, you that did it. That's right. That's, that's right. So, anybody else got some questions? Uh, I have an anecdote, but I think it can hold for just a little bit. Are we going to talk about your greatest role as Socksmart guy? Hey, yeah, that's right. <laughs> You've uh, voiced Socksmart Bowtie guy. How about that amazing line of work, huh? <laughs> oh goodness, that 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 was super super fun. Um, because it's it's not a style that I was getting to do a lot of at the time. Because honestly, I never really get to do commercials of any kind. So uh, to get to do just just the most like over the top like like ridiculous old school style of you know buy this buy this buy this at Socksmart Socksmart is the best all that kind of stuff is just super fun for me just getting to go go wild and oh I loved it cool. for me it was just like oh I know a voice actor now I can make him say anything I'm gonna make him say a ton of stuff <laughs> yeah that's that that was sort of like like when. I started talking to you as well. I was like, wait a minute. If I ever need something cool voiced, I know who can do it. <laughs> Go, voice monkey. Dance, dance. And then <laughs> kind of in that same line, in 2009, I had a very stupid idea for an RPG. Oh, wow. <laughs> and this I needed, is like, big. <laughs> this is big. And, and I needed a big. few lines for it. And I didn't really care how good they were. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a magical, magical thing that that really did change the face of of online voiceover forever. It really did, because if you look at... We're talking about Super Press Space to Win Action RPG (laughs) 2009. Yeah, Uh Yeah, um, and... You had just these, you know, ridiculous lines that were basically Liquid Snake. Let's that, just... that's, ex- that's exactly what I did. It's like, ah, oh, my rival. I'm going to <laughs> defeat you now, my brother. It just it was stretching out and really chomping on that brother. 
Metal Gear Solid I honestly was one of the, the first few uh, game series that, that, that really got me even more interested in voice acting. So, yeah, any excuse to just do that really, really hammy, really smarmy Liquid Snake voice, I was, I was always going to run with it. So I did that. Uh, and then we had uh, the Evil King character as well. Another show I was into was was Beast Wars. So I basically just like straight up did David Kay's Megatron. Yes. Yes. Who <laughs> dares to challenge me? Oh God, Beast Wars. That show is so good. Oh, wonderful, wonderful show. More Don't. of the the G one purists need to give it a shot because they will not be disappointed. Yeah, that that show beginning to end is pretty great. Just avoid Beast Machines though. That thing's terrible. Yeah. Oh. Space hippies. Oh lord. People seem to really like Beast Wars, which is so just interesting to me. Just with no knowledge of any Transformer stuff whatsoever. Oh, Beast Wars is so good because it's just like it's an action show that actually delivers on its action, but it mm-hmm. it also has this really rich and engaging storyline and characters that all have cool. really good payoffs by the end of the third Absolutely. season. Absolutely, it, it's great to see uh, in, in the Transformers franchise characters that actually have genuine, real personalities as uh, as opposed to what they have uh, nowadays with. Optimus Prime is, is is basically like a robot Jesus. Yeah. Everything he says is like some really phony, false, inspiring monologue. Sam, we must save humanity. Because when the stars align in space, we will always protect you from Megatron. And I'm just like, this is... <laughs> no, that's not a character. No. That's That's words. <laughs> this is great to listen to. I love how you can just go into that. Missing a beat. That's gonna. That's gonna. That's what's gonna make this whole little podcast here interesting. Because I know that's not the last of the voices we're gonna hear. Oh um, no, it's not. I've got 20, plenty of tricks up my sleeve. Cool. Um. So, so then, in uh, press space to win, I actually listed in the credits Cam Clark and David K. You asked me what I wanted to be credited by, and I'm just like, I'm gonna put their names in. Let's see what happens. And then it blew up and got like thousands and thousands of views, and people thought it was legitimately them. But that is so... I was so amused. I was even going on like websites from like foreign languages saying like, oh, super press space to win RPG. Meet Versom V. Cam Clark from Metal Gear. <laughs> I have to wonder if that ever got back to Cam Clark. And if he was ever like, when the hell did I do that? <laughs> oh, I, I, I hope so. I, I hope so. I gotta, I gotta say that's, that's one of my very few remaining goals in, in this industry is, is to have like them just, uh, just, just getting all these emails and messages saying like, so how did, how did you, why did you voice that stupid little thing on Newgrounds? What were you doing in that? That's my dream. So, so press space to win blew up even bigger into like an entire other extinction level event. Um, yeah. Uh, and this was the, inf- there was an infamous review. Oh, yes. Um, I, you know what I really want? And I really hope you can indulge us, Mac. 
Mm-hmm. I hope that we can find that review and have you give us a live reading because it is the if you've ever been on the internet and you've probably seen the typographic animation called dot dot dot. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? You may not necessarily need to go back and find that review mm-hmm. because dot 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 a review by Axman thirteen. Date, February 3rd, 2010. Score, 1. I really don't want to say this, but I have to now. This game is so essy! I mean, all you do is press the space bar, that's it! How is this an RPG anyway? You can't control anything but what it says on the screen. What if I didn't want to buy the potion? What about quests? (coughs) All you can upgrade is strength. And I've lost it. Damn. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> there was a time when I had it memorized. I, I, I got to get that back because um, it, it, it's fun to go back to every now and then. Explain to me. <laughs> Explain to me. <laughs> I just looked and this video has two million views. Oh, geez. Oh, my. There's like a bunch of versions of it, though. Like, yeah, like official uploads. There's one on Newgrounds that probably has a couple million. Like it oh blew God. up even bigger than Press Space to Win, and then it caused blowback onto Press Space to Win that got in of like <laughs> another million views. And another, <laughs> and, and then and then like people were going back to Press Space to Win to leave similar uh, reviews that were like copycat and really <laughs> terrible. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. That was really dumb. But it was people just like, like intentionally misspelling shit so that DMac would read it. It's like, well, <laughs> I'm I'm okay when they did that if they gave it a ten in their review. Yeah, totally <laughs> cool but yeah, that 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 whole little like press space to win slash dot 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 saga. This is like I think like is the most famous yeah. both of you have been. <laughs> it, it it set the world on fire. It was it was crazy. It even showed up on CNN.com viral videos. Yep, it did. I, I, oh I, my yeah. god. I, I got an, an interview from somebody from an Australian newspaper. It it, it was it was nuts. It was it was incredible, and uh, led to a lot of lot of really neat offers uh, uh, for for me as a, as a voice guy. But because because I've mostly been retired from doing online voice work, and I've never really done paying freelance work, I I really declined all of the offers that I was given. Or I just pass them along to other people. Until a certain one came my way. Mm-hmm. Do but tell. That certain uh, offer that I got to do voices for was uh, uh, a little little indie game made by one guy uh, called Dust an Elysian Tale. I think that's how it's pronounced. No one knows. <laughs> Elysian. Uh, exactly. Or Elysian. Who knows? Elysian. <laughs> Elysian. Elizabethan. Elmer With, Fudd. Uh, that's the one. That's the one. So, so Dust, an Elmer Fudd tale. I was approached by uh, Hyperduck Soundworks, a fellow by the name of Chris Gian, and he said, hey, you know, we need voices for this thing. I heard you in, in dot, 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 and I think you'd be, you'd be great for this. And I said, mm, man, you know, this is an awesome looking project. I, I, I love the art. looks really, really cool. 
but I, I don't do freelance voice work, but I would be more than happy to contact a bunch of the actors that I know, have people do auditions for you, and, and just cast and direct the full game. And the guy is like, oh, man, that's such a disappointment. We want you. And I'm like, trust me. Trust me. It'll be cool. I, I got this. Trust me. I got people. I know people <laughs> that know some people, and I've got mm-hmm. your hookup. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So I so I dipped into my my large like over the years. At this point, I've been doing the whole online voice acting thing for about uh, f- uh, six or seven years. So I had this this huge talent pool of of all these different people that I'd worked with, and um, so I I ran all these huge auditions. I had I think about uh, I'm going to say probably forty people auditioned for the very first role, which was. Uh, Mayor Bram, and uh, yeah, I, I, I presented them with uh, the auditions for that. They were really, really impressed. They showed it to the Microsoft producers who were uh, backing the, the project a little bit, and they're like, yeah, yeah, man, we're going to give you free reign. Uh, go ahead and just cast this full game and, and have fun with it. And yeah, it was really, really cool. Got to work with a lot of, lot of great people that, I, that I've known for so many years, uh, got to really push a lot of people to, to, the, to the forefront, get them the first bit of paid work, first exposure they've ever really had. Uh, it was even the, the first paid job for, uh, for Erica Mendez, who went on to do the voice of, um, I hope I don't get the name wrong. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to try to say the name because I will get it wrong. The main character of Kill a Kill. Oh, really? Right, oh. right, right, right. My time, Yoko. There we go. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. That's, that's really that's incredible. Cool, Maybe. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. Sorry, Erica, if you're not listening. Uh, but uh, yeah, lots lots of great people. Uh, Edwin Tiong, another good friend of mine. Uh, Kira Buckland, Rena Chan again. I I pretty much had um, pretty much every, every actor that I worked with on Hunters I was able to bring back and, and have them play a role in, in Dust as well. And it's just... Uh, oh, my God. And what I think really works for that script and the way that you were able to direct it is that I like when I played through the game, I purposefully did not want to know who was voicing who. <laughs> and when I found out who was voicing who at the end of uh, the game, I was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> because, like, you know, I think it speaks a lot to not only the range of some of the people, like, because some people were doing things that I never thought they had range for. And mm-hmm. it was just like, are you kidding me? That was really them? <laughs> and, you know, I think that speaks a lot to not only their talent, but your ability to, like, pull those kind of performances out of them. It's it's definitely a, a team effort for sure. I mean, they, they've got to have the the innate talent within them to begin with. But oftentimes all they need is, is somebody to, to recognize it, somebody to bolster their confidence and show them that, hey, yes, you can do this. And uh, I mean, that, that's why the project was, was so special to me, because I was, I was able to so many people that, hey, maybe I really am good enough to do this for a career. Hey, maybe I shouldn't be so hard on myself. And it, it really just did a lot for, for so, so many people. I'm just really proud of of everyone and uh, I'm so grateful to have had that opportunity. Yeah, I think I think like the praise for that game's voice work is pretty universal. Like I've not read much criticism on it at all and like you know, if, if you're talking about somebody who can't get into bad voice acting, I'm the first person that'll call it out and there was not <laughs> there wasn't a bad 
there wasn't a bad performance in that entire script. It was just nailed down entirely solid. I, I, I appreciate that so much. I mean, there there definitely have been some some criticisms, and and I can understand that the way that I decided to approach it isn't necessarily going to be everybody's cup of cup of tea. Not everybody's a big fan of the whole cartoony style, which the game was basically made to cater towards it it really is in that colorful sort of vein so i I like to have lots of bright fun performances i i'm a guy who really likes to have accents so long as they can fit within that particular character so that's that's not for everybody but i i'm really really proud of what i was able to do and i'm just really glad that so many people have been able to enjoy it Uh, dean dodrell was um he was a Disney animator at one point, was he not? Or did he go to school for it or something? I don't believe so. He was uh, primarily self-taught. Um, the most prominent animation work that he did was for the Jazz Jack Rabbit series. I don't know if he worked on the first two games, but I know for sure he was uh, very, very heavily involved in the second one. And I believe he did some work on the uh, Jazz Jack Rabbit 3D, which never fully came to fruition, uh, but yeah, it was uh, that was that that's what he was uh, most known for. So I can think of a moment during the production of Dust where you probably nearly had a heart attack. Oh yes, and this was during the last part of production where uh, the voice acting broke the game. Oh yes, and and even leading up to that, there there were there were many many scary moments even before that. Oh really? Uh, when, I, when I was uh, yeah, when I was just I was just starting to work on 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 the voice acting. I I'd already some parts of the script had been finished, and I started recording a few people, and um, and the game had just recently gotten its its first major public demo at the uh, PAX East event in Boston in, I believe, April 2012. Mm-hmm. And it got such a really, really good response. Uh, the, the Microsoft reps, they, they were really, really impressed by what they saw. And they said, hey, we want to make this like the, uh, the, the marquee game of our Xbox Live Arcade Summer of Arcade uh, Games event. We want to have it out for release by then. So I know you were planning to finish the game by like the end of the year, maybe have 10 months more of development. Think you can do it in three months? Oh my god. The script, uh, I, I repeat, the script was not entirely done yet. The bad guy was not designed. We did not know how the story was going to end. Oh, oh my God. And, and we basically had that conven- condensed down into three months to figure it all out. Ooh. So uh, here, here I was. By that point, I think I'd probably only recorded about, uh, I'm going to say about one-eighth of all the dialogue in the game. So I, I had to go into crazy, crazy overdrive mode. I, and, and to make matters worse, I was working on about four different TV shows as an actor at the same time. Oh, dear God. Uh, I was working on a show called, uh, called Sidekick. I was working on Beyblade. I was working on a couple of different pilots. I was working on Totally Spies. So I would be, uh, I would be up at 3 a.m. in the morning to record an actor... In Australia, because it would be only about 5 p.m. his time, mm-hmm. 
and then uh, af- after I'm done, then I gotta I gotta get on on the train to head to downtown for my recording session for Beyblade. And on the train ride there, I'm on my laptop and I'm editing through all of the recording sessions, and and I'm cutting out all the all the bad takes and, and getting through all the good ones. And then I do my recording session, get back on the train, do more editing. Then I have a recording session with someone else as soon as I get back home. That's what it was like for me almost, I'm going to say probably uh, five or six days out of every week for, for the next several weeks. And so you, it, was, you, it was quite the nightmare. And, and I did get everything finished right on the final day. Mm-hmm. Right, but oh. right before he had to submit to cert, I, I, I got the last bit of stuff done. And he, he's, he's got all the voice acting, loads it up into the game, turns it on, black screen. Nothing happens. It, it, it's almost like it was, it was just too much, too much data that it overloaded his entire engine or something like that. It just, it just wasn't fit to just handle all of those voice files. Mm. And he doesn't know what to tell me. He, 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 he's freaking out. He starts. He starts crying, and he just oh. goes, and, he, and he goes to bed because he's just like I don't know. I don't know what to do. And by some miracle, in the in the two or three hour nap that he takes, he reprograms the entire game engine just in his brain somehow while he's sleeping, and he just wakes up and he's like, I know. I know exactly what to do. Oh Runs my god. To- Runs to his computer, like makes like all these massive changes to the engine, and suddenly not only does the voice acting now work, the engine is is smoother and and quicker than it has ever been before. That's and incredible. By that Jeez. miracle, we we were able to get everything done because Microsoft had specifically told him the voiceover is not a huge priority. If you can't get all the voiceover done for this game, we're just going to release it without that. Oh. So, so the pressure was really, really on all of us that that whole time, and it worked out, and I'm so glad it did. Cause, uh, yeah, we would have all of us would have gone on a killing spree. I'd it, imagine it, 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 so. So I think for mm-hmm. the for the good of the universe that uh, that all worked out the way it did. Mm-hmm. He did, he taught himself. Um the development environment that he used to make that game, right? He basically taught himself coding so he could make this. Yeah, he, he basically yes. learned as, as he went. It's, it's a guy who, I, I mean, I'm sure he probably picked up a, a few things here and there. He had a lot of good friends that he could go to from his time uh, being involved as an artist with Jazz Jackrabbit. But yeah, he just he picked up the thing and said, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to learn this. I'm going to make the kind of game that I've always wanted to play. And you know, he just went out there and, and did it. And I give the guy so much respect for, you know, just not sitting down and just just not doing anything. He said, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. Went out and did it. I think it's, one of, the mo- I think it's one of the most inspiring uh, stories in game development. And it kind of just says a lot to, you know, like, if you want to make a game, you really can. You know, if you've got the determination to do so, and there are so many tools available today that, you know, Absolutely. facilitate that. More than ever, you know, it's it's just incredible where where gaming where gaming is headed. But um, that 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 has not much to do uh, with voice acting. So um, after dust, where did you say? Well, after the dust had settled, 
Uh, where, 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 <laughs> Very clever. Where were you after that? Uh, after that, I, I basically wanted to take like a 20-year vacation. Oh, God, I can imagine. Because <laughs> that, that project almost killed me. Yeah. Um, I could tell. I, I remember talking to you more than a few times during that last <laughs> week, and you were just completely out of it. I am going to murder everybody. Yeah, you were not a happy Mackie. Yeah, and, and and I mean I'm not I'm not usually the happiest, joyful, happy-go-lucky, boopy-doopy guy in the world. Yeah, that's John. But, uh, but, those kind of people are really <laughs> annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, working on that definitely took a whole lot out of me. So I was I was very very chill for you know a couple days, <laughs> and, um, and then I kind of had. Uh, I kind of had an, an emergency project that I kind of had to take on very quickly to, to, to help out uh, a, a good friend of mine, uh, Kimlin Tran, who did the voice of, of Fidget in the game. Uh, she was offered uh, a, a directing and, and casting position on a, on a mobile uh, iOS uh, game called Galactic Fantasy. Mm-hmm. It's uh, and it was kind of like a, a space uh, space game with some action and strategy elements, and uh, basically she was really really unprepared to um, and and she really wanted to give it her best effort, bless her heart, but she she really didn't know how to approach handling something like that, and the producers gave her a really really tight deadline. So oh. I said, hey, you know, I'll I'll help you out with this. I'll I'll sort of mentor you on 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 how to approach cast and and directing a project and so I worked on that for the next uh I'm gonna say three or four three or four months next next few months so that was kind of like uh that was kind of a, a cool down project because I was able to still give her a lot of the a lot of the workload I didn't have to be sending out 200 or 500 emails like I had to for dust with caught with uh contacting all the actors and writing up all the audition documents Instead, I had her doing that just with my supervision. So uh, that's that's what I did next, and um, for the most part, I, for the most part after that, I just kind of kind of took it easy and just uh, settled into just being more of a being more of a mentor and and coach to a lot of up and coming people because I I just never really wanted to have that kind of stress from a project ever again, or at least not anytime soon, and I haven't had that since. Yeah, just I can imagine so many people buckling under the kind of pressure that that dust deadline um, would have would have put people under, and that's just that's crazy that you, you put yourself through that. Yeah, um, I, I I couldn't because I knew there was there was just so much riding on it. There was so many people really really believing in it, and and I just did not want to let them down. And, and that's somehow really important. I, somehow I got through it. And that's really important, you know, especially, you know, and that's especially a very important uh, aspect of your personality to take into mentoring and teaching others and guiding them, you know, because, mm. hey, you know, the more people in this field, you know, the less things are going to sound the same. Exactly. Uh, I, I think it would just be such a such a boring industry when you have just one or, or, or two, just a, a small handful of people trying to force everybody else out, trying to trying to make sure nobody else gets work. And and fortunately, voiceover, from what I've seen, doesn't really have a, a lot of that. There's just so many really, really good people who are just 
here to have fun and, and, and make friends. I mean, you're constantly competing against people, but this is a field where oftentimes somebody will go into an audition. I know I've done this, and I'll look at something and I'll say, hey, you know who would be, I think I could give you a decent reading of this, but you know who would be really, really good? That guy over there. You should get him to audition against me because I think he's going to beat me. Wow. And, and, and you have a ton of that out here. And, and I, I, I really, really love it. And, and, and that's why I love this business so much. Wow. That's, that's, you don't hear many stories about I know that in my line of work, you don't hear shit like that. Mm. Uh, I can tell you that for sure. It's pretty cutthroat. Um, so jumping to, I guess, what would be recently, you worked on another recently released game. Uh, yes, I did, which was Apotheon by Alien Trap Games. That one, I'm sure how it's pronounced. Ah! <laughs> and, uh... It's Apotheon, that... isn't it? Exactly. That's yes. the easiest way to remember the spelling and a bit of the pronunciation. <laughs> and, and that was a, a really, really, really neat project to work on once again. Didn't, didn't carry the massive stress that, uh, that Dust had. Although it, it did have its own, uh, it, it did have its own sort of um, difficult aspects of it because of how I chose to go about casting it in that in that sort of uh, ancient sounding, very very British sort of theatrical sort of style. So it had me working with. There's there's a very very limited number of of, of people who can do that. So I, I have a game that's basically filled with a lot of British people. And the angry British people are played by Australians because, you know, <laughs> their accent sounds angrier. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, Australia was founded as a colony for British criminals. So there you go. I mean, if I was Australia, I'd be pretty mad all the time, too. I mean, it's, it's freaking <laughs> Australia. You've got Ormadon to deal with. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're not all criminals, but they do have to deal with the fact that everything over there can kill them at every time. Mm-hmm. Like, all, all, all of the plants, all of the insects, everything can eat you. Everything's poisonous. It's a terrible place. Why would anybody choose to be there? Uh, for, I, I'd say for the adventure. I, it's, it, it's there are be. really big spiders there. Only the strong survive. I mean, if you, if you can go to Australia and, and you can last more than a day, then you're a tougher person than me. Isn't that why Steve Irwin died? Is because he left? I and that made so. him all soft? He got, he got soft. <laughs> he, got, he got sloppy. Hey, hey. Just goes to show you. We, I, I probably couldn't kick Ormadong's ass now that I think about it. <laughs> I still want to. Like, I want to hold him down and beat him about the face with a tire iron. <laughs> but um, the odds don't, of me actually making that happen are kind of slim. Don't, don't let his extremely thick glasses fool you. <laughs> Each time you beat him with that tire iron, it only makes him stronger. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. Um, so I guess I'll go for um, uh, some generalized questions now that I think we've sort of, we've sort of covered, I think, the, the, the vast spectrum of your career, its beginnings, and where you're at currently. So I guess, you know, we'll start firing off some random questions here. Um, yeah, go for it. Which do you prefer, ADR or normal production? 
Uh, I, I I gotta say, to me, it's 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 all about the uh, the prelay, as we call it, which okay. is uh, when you, when you don't have to dub anything to a picture that's already there. You can that way. You you definitely get to have a lot more creative liberty. You get to have more fun. You don't even have to be tied down by what your character is going to look like. Exactly. Sometimes they'll just say, "Okay, you know, come up with some voice, and we're going to design the character around what you do." And uh, specifically with the cartoons that I work on uh, nowadays, we just get to have so much fun just 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 going out there, just being silly, making up stuff that's not even in the script at all. Uh, all kinds of crazy things. The the Winston Steinberger show, which I, I previously mentioned, I'm working with two Second City stand-up comedians. They make everything they do is, is, is just incredibly funny. I'll have a funny scripted line, and then they'll come up with something really hilarious on top of it. I, I had a line where I was... I was cheering on somebody, and I'm saying, yeah, all right, go for it. You're the man. The other guy says, that's right, you are a man. And it's <laughs> so, so much great stuff like that that you can't really get in an ADR. Product. Yeah, it, it's really hard to ad lib. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, and try to, like, like, how do you inject character when you're trying to do something like ADR? Because that's just so, like, you know, you are stuck within a specific time limit to do the thing you need to do. Mm-hmm. And 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 I will say, and it, it it requires a very very large amount of skill. I will I will absolutely say to be able to give a compelling performance and then compress it into the the confines of of these mouth movements that are already in the production. And really, I, I would say for the most part, I do still try to approach. Uh, I try to approach like an anime dubbing role. Very similarly to how I would approach a, a non-dubbed role, I just try to make it just all about the the emotions and and my characters' motivations and and what drives them. I don't make it all about yeah, I'm in an anime and I'm doing a cool anime voice. <laughs> I, I I try to make it all about you know what's what's going on with this guy. What does every single word mean to him? How does he feel about the person that he's talking to? And you know little things like that. And I will say it certainly helps. This is what makes it for easier for some actors. You do have the visuals showing you how you're supposed to emote and, and when. Mm-hmm. But you still have to put in – you still have to work in your own little subtle nuances as, as an actor. You have to know which words require more emphasis, what, what ways you can still inflect and play around with the dialogue and move your notes up and down to make things interesting. Which I would do whether I'm in an anime or whether I'm in a cartoon. It's just as important every time. I have a question. Uh, what does ADR stand for? <laughs> it stands for um, – there have been – I've seen a few different versions of it. But the one I hear the most is uh, additional dialogue recording or additional dialogue replacement. Yeah, that's the one we uh, use. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah. So, it's basically just dubbing. Yeah, that's literally what it means. Cool. And it doesn't only happen with anime. Sometimes it'll happen with, with cartoons as well. Like when they'll, when they'll decide really, really late in production, oh, we need another line here. So the animator will just be voicing my character for like two sentences for a new line that they need. Oh, wow. And, and then I'll have to go in and, and I'll have to dub over the animator voicing my character for a couple lines. Uh, we kind of skipped over it, but how about Hunters? 
Yes, hunters. <laughs> I am. I am down for more talk about hunters. Okay. Yes, we saved the best for last. Sure. All the things. All the things we've talked about. This is the one I've actually um, played. <laughs> so, so Dmac got the role as FX in Project N33, but I can't. I didn't really direct it, but I just gave people lines and got lines back. But so if I had had known Mac was interested in directing, I would have had him do that, but. He took on full directorial roles with Hunters, and it came out way better. That was such an awesome project. But I I, want to put you in the hot seat a little bit more. Oh, no. (laughs) What on earth were you thinking making a game of that magnitude in Flash? Oh, my God. (laughs) You madman. At least he learned his lesson. (laughs) No, he didn't. He's still making bullet phase in Flash 4. <laughs> so, uh, uh, about... Uh, well, what point did you conceptualize that game, saying, you know, I want to I go back to Hunters, oh. but I want to do a game instead of another episode? Honestly, as early as, like, 2005, I had, like, a dumb drawing of, like, Karina on top of Contra Hardcore. Oh, I like nice. I should make a game with her instead of an a cartoon, because <laughs> just the cartoon took like three months, and I realized like I couldn't keep up any sort of consistent release schedule with that. And then so you had get, so you, so you had to go from three months to three years was of course the next step. Yeah, well, it made <laughs> sense to just do it all at once, and then like not having to get voice actors back every single time. Okay, yeah, it does. Because voice actors can be flaky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they, they can be. That's why you, you do have to... I, I, I've been fortunate enough to have like a really core group of people who have been around for a few years and, and that I can really, really count on. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, that, that, that's always really big. But when you can get a lot of stuff done at once, that's, that's always the ideal way to go about it. Yeah, so for Hunters, we did lose the original Avior between the movie and the game. Mm. But it's very, very unfortunate because, again, Philip Sacramento was so talented. He was actually cast to be the voice of Dust at first. Wow. Huh. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, un- unfortunately, he, was, uh, he, he had some uh, personal things to deal with and he wasn't able to commit to the project. Uh, still got a special thanks in the end credits, but uh, yeah, such a great talent, and it's a shame he wasn't able to be in the Hunters game. But Cody Coleman did a oh. phenomenal job in his own right. Yeah, definitely. Mm. But so yeah, the game had to be like nearly done, and like the whole script had to be done before I even started thinking really about voice acting. Mm. So it made it definitely easier to just do all six stages at once. Right. And, and about how long were you expecting the, the the production of it of it to take, and what what were some uh, of the major roadblocks that you hit? Oh God! Uh, just the scope just kept getting bigger, and I just didn't want to compromise anything. Like kind of the Tim Schafer thing of this, like fuck it, like every idea is going in here, no matter what. Because <laughs> yeah, stage one didn't take that long, and it was really stage two when it was like this is getting kind of big, isn't it? <laughs> and then stage three was when. This isn't all fitting in a single file, is it? It's like, it it kind of stopped running. Like, yeah, it stopped freaking working. And oh then my goodness. Stage six almost need to be split as well. 
because <laughs> it stopped working again. I'm amazed you were able to make that work because, yeah, that was massive. Stage six is as long as some complete games. Mm-hmm. And so what... Uh, was was there any particular I, I, idea that you had that that made you say like oh you know there's there's no way I'm gonna be able to make this work but then with the way you pulled it off you said oh man I'm really really proud of that uh the scrolling stuff at the end of stage six like when it goes full kind of Mega Man scrolling oh that's like, so impressive oh that was I love that that's one of my favorite parts that was something that was I was kind of building towards the whole game where like there was a little bit of scrolling in stage three like. Mm-hmm. It would scroll and then stop and enemies would spawn. And then stage five had scrolling but not walls. And stage two had scrolling during a boss so you couldn't control it. So I just kind of built each part individually and then slammed it all together in mm. stage six. But I wasn't able to get a vertical scrolling working. I actually tried oh. to do it. I have it in bullet phase now. Oh, nice. I, I finally did do it. Very cool. <laughs> in flash four because I'm a flash maniac. Four. <laughs> bullet phase win. I don't know. <laughs> oh, this year? Yeah, oh. this year, definitely. Okay, I- oh, I'll yay. take that. I need sound effects, Polly. I'll be okay. messaging you soon. Okay, <laughs> just shoot me a message and I'll see what I can do with the old family tracker. Yeah. I played I, 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 I was, I was going to say, you're messaging oh. Polly's. Do you want, like, nothing but fart sound effects? Or <laughs> <laughs> She did the sound effects on Super Zalixer. Yeah. Oh, oh that's right. great. That was amazing. And John, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. Oh, no problem at all. We always um, interrupt played, John. He is of no consequence to this podcast. <laughs> I played um, Hunters for the first time last year and wound up putting it on my favorites of the year list. I really, really liked it. <laughs> I played the first couple stages like when it came out, and then I finally got around to just playing the whole thing since it's such a such an epic. <laughs> yeah, this it's like you said um, on the previous episode. Like that first stage is a real slow burn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it kind of has to be, um, you know. It serves its purpose, you know, just just telling, teaching you about the the controls and and just being simplistic enough to to really get you into right, it. Right, right. Yeah, it, it's kind of it kind of feels serialized, like with um, TV shows where you can feel the actors and the writers kind of getting better hang of their characters yeah, yeah. and their world exactly. more as the story progresses. So it feels mm-hmm. like this serialized show that got released all the serialized game that got released all at once. So you get to see how the development process, like improve, like how Reed's voice kind of developed over the course of those three years, which I think is really cool. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Like stage one was a mess in places, like just like level design wise, like mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense. <laughs> but it kind of kind of got better at that. Mm-hmm. Like cool. Stage two is a little too big, but mm-hmm. I think three and on, I'm proud of. Absolutely. I feel like once you get the rocket launcher, just everything is just <laughs> yeah. really picks up. It really picks up then. Yeah. So I have an anecdote with Hunters. Ooh. So I love the whole thing, Natur. I love the whole thing, playing through everything. Um, oh, is this Anna, my about? wife. <laughs> yeah. Anna, my wife, would... Um, so she listened to me playing the game a little bit, and this is a thing she's noticed with a lot of action games is when they're playing with um, with female protagonists, she says... <laughs> I know where this Why is going. She... <laughs> Let it happen. Why does she sound like she's orgasming when she gets hurt? <laughs> so then she just kept referring to Hunters as the orgasm game. 
Oh, dear. And apparently I played it as she was going to sleep one night. Oh. And she oh. said it led into an interesting dream. Oh, oh my god! Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I think I'm going to have to tell the, the voice actress about that. I think she will be very impressed. <laughs> Rena chan giving other people's wives naughty dreams. Damn, you minx! Yeah, but I, I, I gotta say, any time I, I have had to work with a female and, I, and I'm recording like a sound effects library of a character getting hurt, it is always the most awkward thing in the world. How would it not be? How would it not be? <laughs> and and they all admit it. We all know it's 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 yeah. It's just okay. I, I, I liked that uh, you did right there, but can you can you put like even more force into it? Just go even harder. And, uh, like, I'm so sorry. That's that that's how it is. It's totally unavoidable. Okay, so um, before we wrap things up here, I was wondering if you could do us a favor, Mac. I would be happy to. I want you to direct Rhett. Okay. I'm going to give you a line, and I want you to direct his performance, okay? I like this. Okay. I don't. His line is, my penis is broken. Oh, dear. Okay. Red, let's okay. hear your first take, and Mac will take you from there. <laughs> Hold on. I got to end the character. My penis is broken. Okay. Now, I want you to get in, in, into the mindset here of, of, of what your penis really means to you. So, so, so if, it, if, if it was broken, how would, that, how would that make you feel? Would it make you feel, feel sadness? Would it make you feel pain? Would it, would it, made, would it make you feel just a, a, a yearning for, for not having just a much more powerful, much more sturdy penis? This is making me feel so, weird. <laughs> Your penis is making everybody oh, feel weird. May, oh, oh, maybe I need. Oh, you know what? That reminds me. I want to. I want to have you do some some pain reaction sounds as well. <laughs> so, what was so, that? So, so give me. So that give me pain reaction sounds. So so give me so give me four of those and then give me the line again. <laughs> I can't do this. Do oh, it. Come on, Reed. You gotta inspire oh. dreams. I'm only going to do it when people are talking so you can't isolate these. <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh. laughs> can you make it a little... Can you get the pitch up Ugh. a little bit? <laughs> now the line. My penis is broken. <laughs> there you go. Congratulations. Hey! So we've got you Rhett. have now been successfully you you join the 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 amazing list of people who have been directed by D Mac Devin Mac. You should be very proud. <laughs> yeah. All right, Matt, and I think this is why he's the professional, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it. We just pulled a we just pulled an amazing performance out of a not voice actor. <laughs> Rhett, oh, all, all Rhett knows is video games He knows how to talk about video games and make them But he knows nothing about voice acting And you got some genuine emotion right there He should be very proud I am, I am so proud of him I think this is his, his greatest moment in voice acting 
since uh, since Rhett meets uh, what was that thing that you did that the Jer- oh Jeremy Jackson you oh, called God. yourself oh yeah you did God. that I'm gonna go delete that now <laughs> <laughs> the greatest uh, greatest voice acting I've heard from you since <laughs> since Rhett meets uh, I keep forgetting that stupid band's name because I don't like them Lincoln What's their Park name? that's the one oh. Rhett met Lincoln Park Rhett meets Lincoln Park yeah. <laughs> All right. Which, is, which honestly, I genuinely really liked your work in there. It was I very thought, funny. I thought it was good. I thought it was a really good portrayal. You had like all the ticks down perfectly. <laughs> all right. So, does anybody he have? He believe us. Does anybody have any other questions for our Mister Devin Mack? Shall we go to the live Twitter feed? <laughs> Let's go to the shall live we, Twitter shall we, feed. Shall we go to email. <laughs> Any email for lines, Devin Mack? Phone lines. phone lines are open now. Uh, I don't <laughs> think there's any. <laughs> well, uh, Mac, I appreciate you stopping by and giving us a real solid look. Actually, no, I take that back. There is one thing I would like to ask, and I think that it's a question you get asked a lot, but I think it's something that, given your perspective and how you got into voice acting and how you got into directing, uh, I think would be a bit more of an interesting answer than you might get from other people, but if you were to offer somebody, you know, just fresh off of the idea train of, I want to get into this, mm. what would your first few words of encouragement be to them, and where would you point them? The the most basic thing is practice, practice, practice every day. Have have people that you really can can learn from whether they're people that you know personally or or professionals whose work you want to study and and use it as just a a guideline for for basic things and then as you learn as you grow you branch off and and become more original and creative and do your own stuff uh but specifically getting into voiceover i would say great places to start uh to get in a bunch of online projects where you can practice you you still got new grounds which still does exist uh they have their own voice acting forum there now they they have the the voice acting club which is where i spent most of my time voice acting alliance there's uh there's there's a few different communities uh there's a website called behind the voice actors where there's there's lots of projects to audition for there so there's there's lots of great avenues. There's just more and more and more. There's so much work being available every day. And uh, I, I think there's there's no better time than the present to ever do anything that you've ever wanted to pursue because you've got more information than ever at your fingertips. Yeah, and, and that's really the best thing about, you know, the internet and how, mm-hmm. you know, it's the same way that it has cultivated this, you know, whole new g- generation of people that can now create games much easier is that there are so many more resources for the things that you want to get to, be it voice acting, game making, whatever. Exactly. Any anything creative, you can just now you can you you can download the the software. A lot of it's available for free. You've got so many websites where you can just put your stuff up, and and anyone can see it. Anybody can just go in and and look at it. And you know that's not something that really existed like ten fifteen years ago. Things are really really changing with how accessible everything is. It's incredible. Um. So. I guess with that, yes. I kind of have one more question slash comment. Like, one thing I've noticed on Newgrounds is, like, people casting and recording voices, like, in their projects and then not Mm. finishing it. 
Like, yeah, and 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 I will say there's always going to be a, a bit of that. That's always been something that happened. But either way, it can still be such a great learning experience for for everyone involved. I've learned so much on projects that never got finished, where I still got to do a new kind of voice. Or I got to just work with some really unique material. So every experience can still be valuable. Is there anything that got like kind of shelved or canceled that you really wish had come out? Um. Oh, that is a that is a tough, tough question because I haven't really been that focused on new ground stuff in a long while. But I'd say one of the major things was probably the the largest flash animation that I had directed. Uh, which I was working on in, I'm going to say, 2008-ish. And it was called Xeno uh, Realms. And it was supposed to basically just be uh, a mashup of all these different video game worlds, like Nintendo, uh, mainly Capcom and, and Sega. And it was going to be this kind of neat Super Smash Brothers style of style of story. And uh, I was going to be working very, very quickly, uh, closely, rather, with uh, one of my students, Sean Sonic Mega Chiplock, who I think would also be an awesome guest on this thingy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was going to be playing the uh, lead character for me, which was a, a version of uh, Rock Volnut from uh, Mega Man Legends. Which Volnut. is... Which is <laughs> <laughs> nuts. It, it, it really fits Sean Chiplock. Nuts. Yeah, that's he. He yeah, not, not it's not Mega Man that fits him. It's nuts. That's right. Nuts, but, uh, yeah. That's what we all call him. He's all about the. He's all about the Mega Man's. That's that's his character. That's his main in Super Smash Brothers. Call so, me surprised. Uh, yeah, if you ever want to talk a lot about Mega Man, that's that's your guy. Mm. Anything but else? Then that got canceled apparently. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a bummer. Darn. Yeah, that's a real bummer, man. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> bummer Man's a totally different character. I thought I was being clever, and then I'm like, wait, that's not a Mega Man character. It's Bomb that's Man. That's Bomb Man. That's right. Yeah, close enough. All video games are the same. They are. You press a button, and they you do. Exactly. You press a button, and you do a thing on a screen. It's all the same. Who cares? Press Press the thing, jump the thing, get the points, win the game. That's how go. it works. That's all you got to do. That's a strategy guide to every game ever. Don't ever buy one. That's all it's going to say. You all go. you do is press one button. And then you win. <laughs> all right. It all comes back. It all comes full circle. Everything begins and ends with super press space to win. It should. It should. I think that all good things in life circle back around to super press space to win action RPG 2009. Exactly. It's true. So, anything else we want to cover before I let our fine feathered friend go? He's got feathers. <laughs> I, I do now, apparently. Oh, oh. I'll take that as no. Devin, where can we find you, buddy? You can find me on the Facebooks and the Twitter as Mac the Actor. That is M A C T H E Actor. And the Tumblr, which I also like to use a whole lot. You will see a lot of me doing goofy voices, giving a lot of voice acting advice, and giving all kinds of trivia about the things that I have worked on. And and, and, and candy to strange kids. And giving candy to strange children. 
Because that's what yes, you do. Yes, that's, that's do. what I do. I lure them into my house and then I give them candy. And then they find out that I'm the real stranger. No, no, I don't do anything like that. He no. does nothing like that. That's, 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 what, that's what Edwin does. That's what Ormadong Yes, that's, Ed, that's, that's Ormadong. We'll edit that out. We'll edit that out. Don't worry. We'll get it in post. We'll get it in post. All right, John, where can we find you? Farwaytimes.com. Uh, Rhett, where are we looking for you? Inconsequentialexistence.com. If you want to play any of the games mentioned on this episode that featured Devin Mack, that's including Hunter's Relic of Stars, Project N33, and Super Press Space to Win. Hey, and play Super Zalixer while you're at it. Yes, all those games are awesome. I love them. We're not it's shilling. <laughs> it's not shilling if they're really good. Yeah, play the games, play the games, play the games, play the games. See? Even Mac agrees. Just play all the games. Play all video games. They're so good. And I'm Polly. I'm an idiot. And remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. Oh, that's right. John's a minister. Are you going to marry a basketball? Yes. Oh, my God. Can we do that right now? John can marry you to a basketball. It's true. Okay. Uh, okay. Do you have a basketball <laughs> handy? Right right now. Uh, I, I, I have a picture on, of one on Google Image Search. I think it's good enough. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. And I pronounce you man in basketball. <sighs> now kiss it. I, I may now kiss my monitor. Oh, basketball. Mm. really sensual. You're, you're ruining my moment. This is just me and the basketball.